What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, we kicked off the show here today with Phil Phillips and the Twilights, their classic, absolutely iconic classic song right there, Sea of Love. A number one R&B single in the day, a number two peak pop single back in the day, but number one in all of our hearts. 
And I played that because I am going to go ahead and restart, reboot, what have you, bring back, let's just say I'm bringing back the playlist for the recently deceased. I definitely took a much needed break from this series that I do from time to time, or I have done in the past on the show for personal reasons. And if you know anything about me, you'll know why I did that. So I don't want to get into that whole thing, but let's just say when I last actively did this show, you know, despite a handful of the individual tribute shows that I've done in the last few years, the last time I did it where I compiled the list of people to 10 happened around the spring of 2020 when the world just fell apart. So I just didn't think, honestly, it was in good taste and my heart just wasn't in it. No pun intended. I, I just didn't feel like doing them. So I didn't do them for a long time. So now I'm back with it and feel the need to pay tribute and pay respect to those who have left us the last few years. This guy right here, Phil Phillips, the lead singer of Phil Phillips and the Twilight. It's a very short-lived band. He only recorded like that song and maybe a couple of others. Guy never put out a full-length album. He was one of those early pseudo-pioneers that got ripped off heavily, and he felt so slighted and insulted by that, and rightfully so, because we know how warm the music industry has been over history. Apparently he only made about six grand on that song, despite it being a million seller and a double chart hit. So I understand why he did not want to pursue a career in the music business after that. I get it. So basically a true one hit wonder, but he did it by his own volition. So good for him. And another thing that makes Phil Phillips an interesting cat is that he was born on March 14th and he passed away on March 14th. He passed away on his 94th birthday, and no matter what you officially die of when you're in your 90s, as Logan once said so famously, you died of death. So, a long life for that guy. He got inducted into the Louisiana Hall of Fame. Yeah, so I didn't even mention that. The little personal thing for me is that Sea of Love, you know, back in the day when songs would break locally, just due to the DJ liking the song. That song actually broke in my hometown of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I thought that was really cool. Phil Phillips was a lifelong Louisiana man. So I thought that was pretty cool. So there you go. Rest in peace, Mr. Phil Phillips. You gave us this great song. It's been covered a handful of times by super notable artists. I would say offhand, I mean, the first time I heard this and a ton of other people heard this for the first time was the Honey Drippers version, the one that Rubber Plant sings on their one and done EP. Uh, I've got a version of it by Tom Waits on a Rarities box. Uh, I know that Del Shannon had a chart hit with it sometime in the 80s, which I actually just recently heard on the Big 80s Countdown on Sirius because I do listen to that weekly and religiously. Can't think of any of the other ones, but th there's got to be so many covers of that. There's no way there's not. So could probably have done a whole show on Sea of Love, but I am not. <laughs> but for the purposes of time and to catch up on these last three years here and there, Deciding not to do a whole Sea of Love show, even though I definitely could, I'm sure. Moving on here, next one we're going to do a twofer. This guy was definitely a legend, a giant in his field for sure. And he was so good at what he did and was so popular at one point. The guy crossed over from his genre into multiple genres, multiple types of charts. Became a household name for sure. I'm talking about Mr. Kenny Rogers. 
Uh, Kenny left us on March 20th of 2020, and kind of an interesting, personable story I have to share with you right here. My mom, from the stories she's told me over the years, she actually knew Kenny back in the day. They used to go to church together, from what she's told me, and at one point, I remember her saying that whenever Kenny first started to pursue singing, he had a whole bunch of 45s pressed up of the first ever session he did. I've always on and off asked her if she still has it, maybe kicking around somewhere. At one point, I think she's like, I might, but I, I don't think she has it anymore because I've asked her a few times. So I do not have that to play for you here on the show. Instead, I'm going to go with some stuff that you will definitely know here because, like I said, Kenny, a true crossover artist, a household name. Oh, they had the, the chicken franchise too. You might know him from that. <laughs> so I, and here's, here's a bonus for you. And like I try to do on these recently deceased episodes, I try to keep it light. I try not to make them very depressing shows here. So the thing I did to get myself up for this episode, cause I knew it was going to be a bit of a downer, obviously do, do this. If you need it, go on YouTube or remember to do this, go on YouTube Type in Kenny Rogers and then type in Conan O'Brien and then type in Amit and Dweezil Zappa and you can thank me later. So I, I, I will never forget that appearance and it always puts a smile on my face. It's completely absurd, but go watch that for sure. Until then, let's get into some Kenny and pay tribute to the guy, man. I mean, come on. I know this is a rock and roll show, but like I said, Kenny crossed over into pop music. Got guys like Barry Gibb and Lionel Richie writing songs for him. And, and of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that prior to Kenny becoming a country music giant and an actor and all that other stuff, he did start off pro in a psychedelic rock band, Kenny Rogers in the first edition. I think, much like a lot of people my age or older, the first time you even realized possibly that Kenny used to be in a rock and roll band was when The Big Lebowski came out and you heard this song. <laughs> This morning with the sundown shining in I found my mind in a brown paper bag But then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high I tore my mind on a jagged sky I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in I pushed my soul in a deep dark hole and then I followed it in I watched myself crawling out as I was crawling in I got up so tight I couldn't unwind I saw so much I broke my mind I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. I 
Someone painted April Fool in big black letters on a dead end sign. I had my foot on the gas as I left the road and blew out my mind. Eight miles out of Memphis and I got no square. Eight miles straight up downtown somewhere. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. I said I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in.
yeah, I mean, come on, how was I not gonna play that? That was a big deal even for me back in the day. That's one of the first songs I can even remember being like a huge song. That was a big country pop crossover. 1983, I believe. That was Kenny Rogers, of course, joining up and having one of the most famous duets of all time with the now Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Dolly Parton, a song written and produced by Mr. Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees, Islands in the Stream, and don't you just love it. Prior to that, I played Kenny Rogers in the first edition, and one of their early songs just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. A great tune right there, an all-time great Go look up Sharon Jones' version of that if you haven't heard it yet. It's phenomenal. But yes, much respect, Kenny Rogers. Yes, thank you for all you did. I like barrier breakers almost no matter whether I like them or not. Anybody that can break through their genre and get over it with multiple audiences, good for you, man. So also, full confession, as we get into here, I know I just played two Kenny Rogers songs, and between this song and a song I'm going to play later on the episode, this is definitely... The most amount of country music I've ever played on the show. I apologize if that's not your thing. Hell, it's not really my thing either, but if it's a notable enough death, I feel like I can and should play it here on the show as I go through these lists. And also, it's just kind of a reminder, and once again, just paying respect here. And I don't have to just play them if they pass away and they're famous, because there's some people I definitely did not do that for. And on the surface, I really wouldn't have expected to pay tribute to this guy right here just because it's so far off from what I even listen to or play on this show. But I'll tell you why I'm playing it. And once I explain, this will all make sense. So we're going to talk about this guy, Eric Weisberg, right here. And if you are into country, old school country, bluegrass, that kind of stuff, you know this guy. And even if you don't know that name, you know the song that he brought to popular culture, and that would be Dueling Banjos, or the banjo song from Deliverance, if you don't know it by name. Yes, that song, that iconic, possibly annoying song right there, but it was a big deal, and Eric Weisberg was the guy that debatably wrote the song, but what's not up for debate is that he had the hit with it, and he's playing that killer shredding banjo solo on that recording, so hell, I can't do that. <laughs> that is, uh, that sounds very complicated. I'm sure there's people that practice the banjo for years and may not be ever able to approach that kind of playing. It's just like me practicing guitar and never learning how to play Eruption. I imagine it's the same thing. Like, between dueling banjos and especially something like a Foggy Mountain Breakdown. You may not be able to play that ever if you pick up that instrument, and that's just the way it is sometimes. But the main reason, besides all that, the main reason I want to pay tribute to Eric Weisberg is because the first time I ever heard this song was on one of my top 10 favorite albums of all time. See if you can guess while I'm playing this song right now.
right. I think a good amount of you could probably figure out why I did that. So that song right there was called Shuckin' the Corn. Also comes off of said soundtrack to the movie Deliverance from the 70s. And first time I ever heard that song was being straight sampled on the Beastie Boys Paul's Boutique record as the thing that introduces the B-side of the cassette or the vinyl. So that's how I know that song. And so it's like, I can't let the passing of Eric Weisberg go without doing that. That's my way of personalizing this and making this fun for me. So there you have it. So we go from country music and bluegrass to very, very deep and obscure for its time soul music or soul funk, if you will, by way of a guy named Manu Dibango. And you might be saying, who? And that's fair. Because probably prior to about 2006 or seven or something like that, I would have said the same thing. I fell into this particular track almost much in the same way that a lot of people did. So Manu Dibango was very well known in his circle and certain subgenre circles for this one song called Soul Makosa. And Manu is an artist from Cameroon. So he's from a ways away. And Supposedly the story goes, some random notable hipster out in New York City found this record, probably bought it because of the cover, which is totally a cool thing to do, bought the album and started playing it at these loft parties in New York City sometime in the 70s, around the time that the record was actually new. And that's how it caught on in New York City. And, you know, as you know, New York City basically almost predominantly moves the needle for around the world. Like it's New York, Los Angeles, and a few other cities around the world dictate the pace, if you will. So that's how this song took off in hip circles. And fast forward about a decade after this song was released, and Michael Jackson is lifting one of the main lyric hooks from this song and uses it on Wanna Be Starting Something for Thriller, of course, the, the kickoff track. Problem with that one is, is they never actually asked for permission. They just went ahead and threw money at him in advance <laughs> so he wouldn't sue. So he has signs of papers, here's some money, see ya. Uh, that became a controversy later on, too, which you can look up online. There's an article about it because it concerns somebody else uh, wanting to lift that line and going about the wrong way. But not to get into that whole thing, let's fast forward to my personal journey. Like I said, around 2006 or 2007, I'm driving home and I, I'm listening to one of those pledge stations. You know, like uh, I think it's KNON over here in Dallas, I think is what I was listening to that night. And I got in the habit of listening to it like the later the hour was for sure. And this is before I had like the iPod in my car, the serious thing in there. I was around the cusp of having those things and still listening to radio. I'll still pop into that radio and, and check out KNON from time to time, but I got in the habit of listening to it late at night because there was a show that would come on a couple of times a week that would play dub reggae, and dub reggae is like the perfect music to listen to like really late at night or if you're driving. Yeah, it just it's a cool vibe. So that all being said, they weren't playing the dub that night, and instead they were just playing some random world music, and I'm like, that's usually me out. But this song started playing, and I stayed tuned. So I was like, huh, this is really cool, and I really dug the vibe on it. And it basically just turned into one of those, like, man, I should have heard this song by now. This song sounds so cool. I'm surprised, like, a Tarantino or a Guy Ritchie hasn't 
hit me to this song yet. You feel like it should be in those kind of movies. And I was just like, man, it's what I found this. I, I found this. I found this by myself. Like me and this guy that's playing it. And I didn't know the whole thing about the song. I actually come in like, you know, the first 30 seconds or so. So I didn't even hear the wannabe starting something thing. So that all being said, I just like, man, it's cool. It's got a, it's got kind of a reggae thing, but it's jazzy, but I like the sax line. It's just, it's just fun. It's very loopy. So that became the first song that I ever downloaded off of iTunes. <laughs> so, and that's merely just thanks to go immediately up to my apartment and dialing in on the website that was playing this in hopes that they had posted a playlist, which miraculously they had. And so that's when I started to do the digging and I found it and I downloaded it. So there you have it. It's the first file that I ever downloaded legally. It's this song right here. We're paying tribute to Mr. Manu Dibango, who passed away on March 24th of 2020 at the age of 86. And here is the song that is probably, no doubt, etched on your tombstone, Soul Makosa.
Okay, there you have it. Manu de Bongo, Sol Makosa, which like, I try not to lean on the wiki thing too much while I do this show. I, I use it on the death shows and the chart shows, just that little window so I can get that quick fact, you know, but I was just kind of reading around about Sol Makosa a little bit. But I thought it was kind of neat. He wrote that song and recorded it as a basically like a celebration song just strictly due to the fact that his local football team in Cameroon had won like some championships or something like that and so that this is basically like a rock and roll part two or we are the champions or even the super bowl shuffle or something like that it's one of those kind of songs at least in Cameroon it is so that's, that's kind of neat actually so there you have it so Makosa 1971 72 something like that but really really cool tune so I needed to find some sort of excuse to play that on the show it came at an unfortunate circumstance but there you have it thankfully all of these deaths so far on this show are just pretty much strictly due to old age moving on here but now we're getting into that weird part and i danced around the topic here at the beginning of the show but as we start doing these shows again we are basically now entering the COVID era so this was the first one i came across just going down the list of notable deaths and seeing that word COVID on there it's just so weird and from what I could find here, the first musical artist of any kind of decent relevance, from what I could tell, is this guy right here, Alan Merrill, who was singer, guitar player, main songwriter, and apparently had a jazz background too. But he's known for being the singer of this group, The Arrows. And there were a few Arrows in music history, but the most famous Arrows were from Britain, and of course their big deal is they recorded the original version of the song i love rock and roll so that'll get you on a lot of guest lists for sure and make you some good scratch on the royalties i hope they made their money on that song i really do because once again you know how shitty the industry is uh, but yes alan merrill passed away on march 29th of 2020 due to covid and much like i said with manu having that song etched on his tombstone i would be super surprised if the words I love rock and roll 
were not on his as well. Of course, that song, it's mega iconic. It sold millions. It's still played on the radio every five minutes. And even though it's not the original Arrows version, you cannot discount the fact that the dude wrote the song. So much respect. And I didn't know this until a few years ago. Is I like hearing these stories, especially because like as far back as I can remember hearing like, like a Brian Wilson saying that he wrote Don't Worry Baby as a response to his love of Be My Baby. Apparently, I Love Rock and Roll was written as a response to The Stones. It's only rock and roll, but I like it. So I thought that was really cool. So instead of I like it, I love it. That's all you need. Simple. And it's a great freaking song. It's an all-timer. So here is the original, original, original recording of I Love Rock and Roll. the arrows right there 1975 the original version of i love rock and roll i never knew that song was produced by mickey most just looking at the label credit here mickey most was a powerhouse producer in england long time powerhouse producer 
I could definitely do multiple parts on the albums and songs. He had a hand in producing some of the all-time greats. Go look him up, Mickey Most. But yes, Alan Merrill, rest in peace. You wrote that game-changing song right there, and you sang on the original. Awesome. Much respect to you. Okay, we're going to do another twofer right here, much like we did with Mr. Kenny Rogers earlier, because this is definitely a big name. I'm not trying to say these people are more important than the other people, but... In lieu of doing a whole show on a person, I figured like a twofer, or in some cases a triple shot, is very appropriate. But I'm going to do my two personal favorite songs by this guy. Maybe not the two most successful. Because honestly, the half dozen songs that you would first think of when it comes to this guy, you hear these songs a lot, maybe every day depending on the station you listen to. And Randy Brown, you can thank me. I'm not going to play Ain't No Sunshine, even though I do like that song. But yes, Mr. Bill Withers passed away on March 30th, 2020 at the age of 81 years old. Long life right there. Had some heart problems as it goes sometimes. Can relate. But yes, Bill Withers, big giant in the industry. Another guy who crossed over into multiple genres. Of course, predominantly known as an R&B and soul singer. Like I said, Ain't No Sunshine, Lean On Me, Lovely Day, Grandma's Hands, Just The Two Of Us. The guy was a damn monster. And just has that great, soothing, soothing voice that just will calm anybody. Much like a Lou Rawls. It just... It gives you a vibe. I know I've said that word a lot on this show, but Bill Withers is a vibe almost as much as a singer. But for this twofer, I'm going to go with my two personal favorites. That's none of those songs that I mentioned. I don't even go super deep on Bill, but even if you just have a good very best of Bill, you should definitely have these two songs right here. Keep on using me 
till you use me up Until you use me up
time favorite bill withers album is still bill and i'm sure it is for a lot of people because you know, it's got the iconic lean on me on there and it actually has both of those two songs that i just played for you we started off with use me and then went right into who is he and what is he to you some pretty laid back songs despite the fact that they almost kind of have some dark themes going on there but that's just uh, how bill rolled even if he was being confrontational he really didn't change his demeanor too much did he but that's what made him who he was. So, yeah, there you go. Rest in peace, Mr. Bill Withers. Moving on uh, to another casualty of the COVID-19 pandemic. This guy right here, John Prine, who, another country guy, is my last country guy here on this episode, even though we're almost done with the episode, and is a name I've heard most of my musical life and fandom. As a country guy, he didn't really cross over to me, but... I've heard some of his stuff on and off here, and I never had a memory of like, oh, a particular song title or a particular album or anything, but he's kind of always around, and he had a long career. He started off like I think in the 60s and started going pro like pretty well like in the early 70s. Uh, just a well-respected guy, and I thought it made sense to play him on here because there's probably a handful of rock people in this world that do like themselves some John Prine, so I didn't want to leave him off of this list. Uh, officially he passed away on april 7th of 2020 at the age of 73 and that was really hard as i was doing that obvious thing where i was just going on the streaming thing and looking up a best of and i asked my buddy chris penn about his opinion he gave me some good choices actually not using any of his choices even though i think they're really cool songs so if you're curious definitely go look up these two songs when i get to heaven and in spite of ourselves which is very humorous good stuff right there but I heard this one actually as some of those other suggestions were coming in. So this one really spoke to me. <laughs> and the fact that this song is so old, but for my money, it still rings massively true. So come along with me. You ever do that thing where you're driving around and someone's driving like a dick or something, or you just see people with like, let's say annoying bumper stickers. It always seems to be accompanied by an American flag bumper sticker more often than not, or one of those ones that has like the blue line on it, which basically says, hey, don't give me a ticket. I'm an ally. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, especially if you live here in America. My apologies to my listeners over the pond, but yeah, that's a thing over here, unfortunately. So yeah, it just reeks of just brown nosing. So that'll be said. I'm sure there's some people that do with it or genuine about it, but yeah, of course, let's leave them off the table. But this song, I mean, immediately I was like, oh, I love this. I mean, you, you could just see the song title and be like, this is a song I want to listen to. And it really got me. And it's obviously a Vietnam protest song because it sounds like something that could have been played at Woodstock. But once again, the lyrics and everything just a home run for me. So here's my tribute to John Prine playing this song right here from 1971. It's called Your Flag Decal Won't Get You Into Heaven Anymore. Well, digesting, Reader's Digest, in the back of the dirty bookstore. A plastic flag with gum on the back fell out on the floor. Well, I picked it up and I ran outside. Slapped it on my window shield 
And if I could see old Betsy Ross, I'd tell her how good I feel. But your flag cow won't get you into heaven anymore. They're already overcrowded from your dirty little war. Now Jesus don't like killing, no matter what the reason's for. And your flag cow won't get you into heaven anymore. Christmas club will give you ten of them flags for free. Well, I didn't mess around a bit. I took him up on what he said and I stuck them stickers all over my car and one on the wife's forehead. But your flag cow won't get you into heaven anymore. They're already overcrowded from your dirty little war. Down, I was already dead, and I'll never understand why the man standing in the pearly gate said, But your flag cow won't get you into heaven anymore. We're already overcrowded from your dirty little war. Now, Jesus don't like killing, no matter what the reason's for. Okay, there you go. Yes, preach on, Mr. John Prine. Even in your passing, let's celebrate that guy. John Prine with your flag decal won't get you into heaven anymore. Never had heard that song until I started putting the show together, but I, I rather enjoy that. So, all right, last song here of the night, last person we're going to talk about. I don't know too much about this guy, so I hope I'm not putting him on any kind of remote pedestal. Hopefully he's a good enough guy, despite some past associations. And even if this person I'm about to reference that was a partner of his ever passes on, which he seems to be keeping on, keeping on, despite his brush with COVID. But that all being said, I'm going to talk about a guy named Steve Farmer. He was the rhythm guitarist and main songwriter for the Amboy Dukes back in the day, one of Michigan's most famous psychedelic garage rock bands, and of course the band that gave Ted Nugent his big break in show business. Shame on you guys. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, this guy, Steve Farmer, the main important guy in the band because he wrote all the songs. And judging by the fact that I don't think I've ever played one single Amboy Duke song on this show ever, obviously I'm not an authority on this band. I literally just know like about three songs by them. So I'm going to play one of them, and this has probably got to be, I would think, easily their most famous song. It's the only one of two songs that I own by them, the other one being their version of Baby Please Don't Go, 
which was apparently a decent hit for him. Uh, but for a guy that definitely celebrates the all-time great box set of Nuggets, this is the way that most of us got the song. So here's the big hit right here. Ending off here with a rock song. Here's the Amboy Dukes with Journey to the Center of the Mind. Closing off the show here today, that was the Amboy Dukes in memoriam of Steve Farmer. 
That was Journey to the Center of the Mind. I don't know if you're like me. Did you see the Nugent behind the music back in the day on VH1? Nugent claiming that he did not realize that that was a drug song. Yeah, so to paraphrase the John Bender character in The Breakfast Club, you're an idiot anyway, but if you say that, then you're a liar too. (laughs) So, yeah, how do you not know that? Come the hell on, man. Okay, but yes, it's a rockin' song, and for like 67, 68, pretty damn heavy, so anything that gets distortion on the radio at that point, I'm a fan of it. So, yeah, there you go. Amboy Duke, straight to the center of the mind. That is how we're closing off this latest installment of the bringing back the revival, the reboot of the playlists for the recently deceased. Uh, along in this timeline was the death of Adam Schlesinger, Fountains of Wayne, and other stuff. So that guy's going to get his own episode, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to be working on that. That's going to come out at some point. And from time to time here, I'm going to be catching up here with the notable musical deaths. Also, to get you guys caught up, maybe find out about some of these people, whether you knew them or not. And maybe just because it's been a crazy-ass few years, maybe we didn't even realize they had passed. It's also something to consider. So, yeah, despite the theme, I hope you've had a good enough time here on the show. I'll be back sooner than later uh, with another one right away. So, until then... Stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs, followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris where cinema's trash is treated like treasure, and the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business, Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.
post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. To hell with it.